the it's always the right time deal. Hey, want to go to Mickey D's for lunch? Ooh, let's go now. <laughs> But it's not lunchtime yet. If we're going to McDonald's, it's always the right time. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that. There's a deal for every lunch hour at McDonald's. Now's the time to get two for $3.99. Mix and match a four-piece McNuggets, a McDouble, a McChicken, or a hot and spicy McChicken. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ladies, holiday parties and events are just around the corner. Are you ready to look your best? Support for today's episode comes from Honey Love. We all know with dressing up, there's always the lack of comfort that comes with shapewear. Most shapewear makes you feel like you're suffocating, but not with Honey Love. Honey Love is on a mission to create the most comfortable and effective shapewear. I'm sorry, I have to make myself laugh, you guys. It's the most comfortable and effective shapewear for all of us ladies out there. We can get a little body conscious around the holidays, but our friends at Honey Love Shapewear have you covered. You deserve to save big this holiday season. So for a limited time, only you can get Honey Love on sale. Get 20% off your entire order with code good for you at honeylove.com. Support our show and check them out at honeylove.com and use the code good for you. I won't put anything but Honey Love on these tits. Treat yourself to the best shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com with code good for you. Use code good for you at honeylove.com. Feel and look as sexy as possible these holidays with Honey Love Shapewear. Ladies, you deserve it. Okay, so Anna Delvey. Anna Delvey. We're recording Anna Delvey. Was it November 22nd at her home? Mm-hmm. We were planning an interview with her. I don't know why I'm like, like my weird speech impediment. It's been a long day. We tried to see her in Rikers. She was in on Rikers Island. The jail did permit me to come see her. <laughs> They know me there. I think my name is probably scribbled on a couple bathroom walls there, maybe. I don't know. But the guards and the people that worked at Rikers approved uh, me to come interview her there. Um, and it just wasn't working. Like it just wasn't like, it didn't make sense. I had, I saw Inventing Anna, her Netflix show uh, that based on her life, I watched it more for Anders home. He's my friend as he came on to see his work on that. Brilliant. Um, Shonda Rhimes, like I, I didn't watch the whole thing. Full disclosure. I watched it just to like pay respects to Anders when he came on. I don't want to be rude. Um, But I think her Shonda's take from what I gleaned was like this girl, regardless of what she did, she revealed sort of this white, what white privilege is capable of. Like how much you can get away with if you're pretty and white. You know, like I, with no judgments. Like I think, you know, and revealing that all the friends that she, um, that, She, impl- I'm not accusing her of anything. I don't know what she did and didn't do. You know, when I've committed, uh, made mistakes and com- I've done a lot of it, honestly. Like when I've lied, I didn't know I was lying a lot of the time. I'm not saying she lied. But like the point is, you know, w- I'm going without judgments. I'm fascinated by someone that was like, stuck in in this so just fyi i don't know what's going to be cut from this 
like the lawyers, there are certain things that need to be cut for um, jury, I guess. I don't know. Uh, which is essentially, I don't know. Because I can, I if I'm getting sued over, if I say Purdue, you killed people in Appalachia by intentionally getting them addicted to opioids. That's blasphemy and slander, technically. They can sue me for that. But I have umbrella insurance. But I also have, well, I'm a comic. And the way I said it, it's satire. And it's, what's the other one? Parody. So it's like, I don't know. If I say to Anna, like, I'm the real con artist here. Am I implying that she is one? And if she laughs, is she admitting guilt? I don't, I'm not smart enough to know the answer to that. I think that's up to the jury, whatever. So the point is, if stuff has been cut, that means it has to be cut because it would influence a jury or whatever her proceedings are. And um, we'll release it at some point when the trial's over. <laughs> like, I think everything should be transparent all the time. It's just about the patience of we'll release it when it's time. Um, because I don't want to cost people money or it's not my business. It's not my business. I'm just interested in what she revealed to us, which maybe all of you already know, and I'm just an idiot, and I'm just, like, catching up. Like, because I think that we are in a system, I'm not saying she's a liar, but I think we are in a system in America where if you're punished for telling the truth. So if you're poor, it's impossible to get rich unless you lie. So people, not accusing, people say she stole from banks. Okay. Like, let's say that's your generalization. In this country, we only give people credit if they literally and figuratively already have credit. Like, we give them credit. Like, it's not, it's credit and credit. Like, they have to come from wealth in order to be paid. Like, Liz Hol Elizabeth Holmes, her dad was rich. Her dad, Christian, I just, I copy and pasted this on the teleprompter because I wanted you to hear how stupid the name is. Christian Rosmus Holmes the fourth, one V is fourth, vice president at Enron. So she got a lot of cred off of her dad being already rich. People went, oh yeah, she's pre-approved. Let her in. Forget the fact that it was Enron, which ended up being corrupt. It's like, it's like Trump saying Trump's a good businessman. If you really look at, yes, he has billions, millions of dollars. I don't know how much he has. But also the business dealings were, I'm not talking about him as president. I'm saying as a business person, you cannot refute that his businesses were not, you know, it was all, uh, what'd you call it? Rigmarole. Um, so she benefited off that reputation, right? So they banked on her because she comes from money. They gave her, they went, this, this person in the waiting room who's black, Hispanic, whatever, I don't know your dad. Her, her dad worked at Enron, so someone must have read your, like someone already, you, you come here, I, like I'll hear you, you know? I'm just saying, in order to get rich, you have to get pre-approved first. How would someone born into a low class ascend their class if they don't pull a magic show? I just call it a magic show. I am a con artist. Like, that's what we do. I had to lie 
And then I had to make it true. But so my thing was, I'm going to earn this, but I have to start off conning you. So you give me the chance to prove to you that I'm not a con artist. But like, you're not going to give me the chance unless I lie. So what choice do I have? I told a man at 25, I walked into the biggest manager um, comedy club, you know, Barry Katz, walked into his office. And I said, I, it, I don't even know how I did that. Like, I truly don't know what happened. But I was like, I'm going to be a famous comedian. <laughs> it's so ridiculous looking back. And I told him that I had done stand I had never done stand-up. I told him I had. Would he have taken a meeting with me if I said I hadn't? Probably not. Maybe. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? Like, we all have to lie on our resume sometimes so that the lies on our resume can eventually become true. I don't know if that's right or wrong. I'm just admitting that I've done it. And my thing is, like, if I got something I didn't deserve, now I'm going to fucking earn it. And also, like, if you don't lie on your resume, everyone else is lying. So, like, do you blame the bell curve or do you blame the person that's just trying to like, uh, oh, so I'm going to be over here, be righteous and do the right thing while everyone else is winning, doing the wrong. Like, I don't know. It's like the Lance Armstrong thing. It's like everyone's doping. Like if I'm, who am I cheating myself or I don't know. Is that part of the rules of the game? I don't know. Do we hate the player? Or do we hate the game? It's like that old, what is that? Chinese finger trap, chicken egg. I don't know what the best thing is. I'm just interested in, talking to someone and letting everyone have the opportunity to hear someone out in a way that's not like, you have seven minutes, you have two minutes, you have clip, clip, clip. Like, it's just so complicated. Like, I'm interested in what happens at the confluence of, like, internalized prejudices. You know, I'm obsessed with Russia. You know this about me. <laughs> the, the, the Russian of it all with Anna played a lot into it. When we go, she perfectly fit Say she did everything she's accused of doing. Fine. I'm more interested in why we want this to be true. I don't know if it's true or not, but why do we want it to be true? Like what's going on in our biological basis for behavior that makes us want us so bad? Like that's interesting to me. So being a woman, I, I'm not, I don't believe in gender, whatever. We've been socially constructed to go blonde, woman, like, lot, like, tricky. Like, was the reaction fair? That's all I ever want to investigate, you know? And if it was fair, why? If not, why? When I was in my 20s, thank God I didn't fucking have social media. I would, dude, what I would have done if I could manipulate people with social media in my 20s, I like, if I was born any later, I would be, whoo, like, if I saw social media as a way to like, you know, I was doing focus groups and I was doing making money and manipulating people other ways to try to like get ahead. And, you know, I, I don't know what she did. No one knows the facts. Like, but I'm curious, like, did she plot this heinous crime or did she do the best she could with the tools she had to survive to achieve her dream? Which that gets into like, was it, well, she wanted Rich to be have purses and like, okay, but you can't judge someone's dream. 
we don't judge athletes that want to put a play with a piece of plastic. We're like, yeah. Like, why is that dream valid and someone that a girl that wants a Hermes purse not? Like, I don't know why we like think that football players are like that's a valid dream, but like. I don't know. Aspirational dreams. It's a tricky one. You know, like maybe she deserves it. Maybe she doesn't. I don't know. Like, why do we all have to participate in your fantasy? I I don't know. It boils down to like, did someone do the right things for the wrong reasons or the wrong things for the right reasons? Like, I love that. Like, I don't know the answer. I do the wrong things for the right reasons all the time. I smash people's car windows if there's a dog inside. It's wrong to smash someone's car, but if there's a dog or a kid inside, like, you know, and sometimes I'm like, hey, why? Like, it's like when someone is shitty, like, about your baby in public. Like, hey, your, your baby, you're, you're not going to watch. Like, that person is doing the wrong thing, but kind of for the right reasons. Like, I, I, I hate that you just doubted me and micromanaged me, but, like, like, you're cool. Like, I kind of fuck with you, even though you just pissed me off and just judged me and were shitty. Like, that was, you're a cunt. But, like, yeah. I used to think only intention mattered, but now I think in- impact matters, too. This is a choice I've made. In your 20s, you don't worry. I didn't worry about impact in my 20s. It was like, by my, that's not what I meant. That's what you do. You go, I didn't say that. I never said that. Like, that's what you do. That's what I did. Like, I, I took responsibility, but that's not what I meant. But like, the person's still hurt. You know what I mean? It's like if a drunk driver hits someone, they're still dead. Like, you didn't mean to do Of course you didn't sign up to kill someone that day, but you did. You know, so it's like, we don't, do, we don't think about that in terms of our, under the influence of programming, under the influence of ancestral shit. I know ancestral trauma, make fun of me. Uh, under the influence of the neurochemicals, you know, we're drunk driving, we're drunk moving through the world, but it's a different kind of inebriation. It's like, you know, I'm drunk, I'm like, I need to be liked. And we're, we're crashing into people, you know? So it's like, I don't expect anyone under 40 to care about impact at all or until you have kids, but like, it doesn't matter. Like, parent. It doesn't matter who spilled it. We have to clean it up. It just doesn't matter. I have to keep my ego super in check, like on a daily basis. Like when I defend myself, that's my ego. It's shame. It's just like, but, 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 but I'm a good person, but no, 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 no. Let me like, let me explain. It's like, and I think that I had a epiphany recently of like, ambition is ugly. People don't like when someone's ambitious. It's sneak. It, it's like it rubs them the wrong way. It makes, you know, so if ambition is a crime, like I think Anna's guilty. <laughs> and so am I. Like I'm an ambitious bitch. Someone recently said ambition saved me. Future. Like ambition is my drug and it's my ambition. What I want to achieve is ultimately, I think, I think, who knows? Like, please call me out. My intentions are always like, I want to get all this money to redistribute it. I want to put money back in West Virginia. I'm going to give it to animals. I'm going to save elephants. Like, I'm greedy. I 
I hope it's all clean for good, you know? So that's my ambition. But like ambition's ugly. A lot of people use ambition for selfish shit. Like, I don't know why Bezos needs a yacht that like who's like why is anyone on a yacht? It's like my thing with surfing. Like, I know it's fun. I got it. Fun. But like, <laughs> I'm sorry. I just I had to sit through the fucking hundred foot wave documentary. <laughs> and I love someone who's obsessed with something. I I I'm that person. I'm a fucking dog with a bone. I'm a tenacious bitch. When I want to get an elephant out of a fucking zoo, it's there's nothing like I am. You better fucking you just have to give up. I will not give up. But like surfing, it was like, is this all just so some guy can go wee for 20 seconds? All this for that? For that? Was it like, was it that worth it? And like, we're all just being like, okay, okay. Does the guy get to go wee for 20 seconds? Like, what's, the, who's, who's this for? What's the like skill? Like, what's the service? <laughs> like, we can all just go home and, like, <laughs> we don't have to do this. None of us have to do There's There's other ways to be entertained now. Like, did you know about, like, like, there's other things to do we could be doing. Anyway, Anna Delvey, I'm so sorry, girl. Um, maybe your lawyers made us cut so much out of this that <laughs> this is the only part of the episode. <laughs> this, is, this just is the episode at this point. I just, I do believe in second chances. I sometimes believe in third chances. You know, I, I, I think learning publicly is cool. And I think that we're in a, a place where we're all going to be learning publicly now because we're all posting stuff on social, whether you have 10 followers or 10 million, we're all learning in public and we're all going to grow up and have to look back and go, I made a lot of public mistakes and you're going to be publicly shamed, even if it's around your town with 10 people. Oh, my God. Remember when he did this five years ago? Remember when he fucking dressed up as this for Halloween? Like, we're all famous now. It, whether it's with five people, gossip, rumor mill, like, it's all the same. Whether you're the tiniest town in Toledo or you're Reese Witherspoon. Like, it's the, it's the same feeling. Like, when they're like celebrities can't relate to regular, it's like they feel the same thing now, you know? but it's just on a smaller scale. It's all the same, you know? And so public shaming people, I think is good. It serves a purpose in society and the tribe, you know, to show what's right and wrong. So I'm always into people that make public mistakes because it makes, it sets the example of like, oh, we can't do that. You know, I'm fascinated by the forensics of the aftermath of like why everyone had the reaction they had. So I also think two things can be true at once. You know, you can be someone that, lied before and now you don't anymore or you can be someone that you know did a bad thing that wasn't from a place of bad you know i think two two things can be true at once you know i think we hurt people by accident all the time we're we're all doing what we were programmed to do until we actively deprogram ourselves so unless you're trying to deprogram yourself you have the self-awareness whether you're listening to podcasts like, you know, Huberman and Rich Roll and Lex Friedman and like this, this consciousness moment of like, oh, I kind of want to like, um, wake up. I kind of want to like, like unwash my brain, brainwash. I want to unwash it and like see things from different perspectives. Cause like the media just wants us to, or not the media, like you just, here's the point of view that one thing, I think 
there's a lot of people that are like, I kind of want to hear every side and then I'll let you know what I think after like we're back to having to we're back to the three network system. It's like CBS, NBC. It used to be three of them. And now it's like back to just one of them. People just go to one news network and they, they get only one point of view. It's like, I think people are actively like, can I hear all sides of this? And then I'll make up my mind. So I just think if someone is doing what they were programmed to do, whether it's their ancestry, addiction, running the show, neuroscience, social construction to survive, plus having a big dream, like who's to blame? Who do we, I'm always interested in who do we blame? And so this conversation is uh, more of me talking a lot. Um, we talk about the Rachel, the girl Rachel, the friend. I know you guys are probably going, what about the friend that they went to Morocco? Like we addressed that. Um, you don't have to agree with me. Like I play all sides on this. I'm like, I'm trying to get from her what she did wrong, so wrong. She's not allowed to admit a lot of it, obviously. But like, you know, Make up your mind. You don't have to agree with me. Um, I'm an entertainer. I'm a comedian. I'm not running for office. I'm not your hero. Don't ride elephants. And here's Annabelle. Anna Delvey. I'm in Anna Delvey's apartment. I've never been happier. This is a dream. How are you feeling, Anna? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. Um, how, what update? Just give me a status update on how you're feeling, your current situation. You've got an ankle bracelet on. It's very, it's actually very chic. Thank you. <laughs> you went this morning to ICE just to check in? Yeah, that's right. They just like texted me last afternoon. Uh-huh. So we had to like to switch up our plans a little bit, but it, it all worked out. <laughs> Thank you so much for doing this. I think we've been trying to organize this for a while. I was going to maybe come see you at Rikers. We like couldn't figure it out. I didn't, I didn't want to come see you in Rikers. I feel like I would have run into a lot of my ex-boyfriends. We <laughs> <laughs> just, just wait until she's out of there. Um, so how have you been since you've been able to, you know, kind of be out and about? Uh, well, I'm really grateful for the opportunity that I'm finally out because I was kind of never really given. So, um, yeah, I'm pretty happy I'm finally out because, yeah, just never, I didn't really expect for the judge to grant my bail, to be honest, because he, he took like weeks for to decide. So you're technically on house arrest, right? Mm-hmm. And then how long is, does this go for? I mean, forever until something else happens. I don't know. I don't have this expiration date for that until like my immigration case plays itself out pretty much. And I could take anywhere from like a couple months to a couple years pretty much. And so you, uh, how much was the bail? It was only 10000 um, but my other conditions are pretty restrictive, which is like 24-7 house arrest, other than like going to report to my criminal parole into my eyes. Uh, are you allowed to drink? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, allowed to, I'm just yeah. curious, you have to take urine tests or blood tests? Um, I'm not supposed to be taking any illegal drugs, and I don't, uh, but I don't, have, I don't have any restrictions on alcohol. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so I'm just going to say this. Uh, on my way here, uh, this girl recognized me, Bronwyn, what's up, girl? And she stopped me and she was like, I'm a big fan. I love you, whatever. And I was like, okay, I'm about to go talk to Anna Delvey for my podcast. And she was like, oh my God. Like, I've interviewed a lot of famous people, super interesting people, super talented people, super funny people. 
And when I tell people I'm talking to you, they lose their minds. Like there's a fascination with you that is so deep. And there is a, I would, it's like a reverence and kind of a um, obsession with you. And I said to her, I was like, can I just run my hot take on Anna by you really quick, just to make sure I'm not losing my mind. And I was like, I'm not exactly sure what happened. We can get into it. But like, I'm like, I'm not anyone that kind of fudges numbers to get what they need from a bank. I'm not, I don't have a soft spot for banks. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? I'm not big on like, but the bank, (laughs) what about that poor bank? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And it's also, I was like, didn't she kind of just reveal how superficial and shallow everyone else is? in a way. And also when I was 25, I'm not accusing you of anything. I lied on my resume. You know what I mean? I, you know, so I'm just curious, like, you know, do you, how do you feel people feel about you? Um, Cause my guess is you probably only read the negative comments or only see the sort of nasty shit. But I talked to a lot of people who are like, yeah, how else are you going to make it in America in your twenties <laughs> without Life. A little smoke and mirrors. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's, I don't know, it's complicated. I obviously, like, I read a lot of, like, comments about, uh, about myself, like, on your Post and Daily Mail. Well, I used to do it on social media back when I had it last year. Just um, FYI, as a woman, you're going to be called a lying cunt, whether you've lied or not. <laughs> yes, that's, that's true. just part of the does just being a woman. <laughs> You might as well just do it because people are going to accuse you of it anyway. Right, I agree. <laughs> that's, that's, what I th- <laughs> that's what I thought too. <laughs> yeah, it's like I'm a lying whore regardless, so I might as well lie and sleep around. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, there's not really much downside. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I mean, the rest of it is like, I don't know, I feel like a lot of people just know me from this, the Netflix series. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's kind of a caricature. And um, I don't know, like sometimes it feels like they kind of know this person that doesn't really exist mm-hmm. in a way. So I don't know, it's really hard to kind of like um, evaluate people's perception of you. It's like what information they have so they make those judgments, you know, because you know there's just so much out there. So, you know, it's like funny when I meet a person, it's like, oh, did they did they know X, Y, Z? Because you kind of assume they just know everything because it's just so easily accessible, right? Right. <laughs> or they know very little. And I think that... I think that everyone's perception of us is like 10% us and 90% a projection of their insecurities or seeing something in someone else that they see in themselves that they don't like, or it's a distraction of look over there, look over there, and don't look at the things I'm doing, you know, that are shady. You know, I think it's a confluence of kind of all of that. But I tend to think that very little of someone's perception about us has to do with our actual behavior. Yeah, 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 yeah. And a lot of people like would tell you something just because it's like, for example, they failed, so they'll tell you like you'll fail too. So it's like every time, every time I take somebody's advice or I don't know somebody's opinion, you also have to take into consideration what that person, the position that person is coming from. Sure. Yeah. Sure. So it's really, um, yeah. Not everybody's like opinion or advice is the same. And so can I ask you, like, what do you feel in terms of the last 10 years? Is there anything that you regret in terms of like decisions you made or choices you made? I regret pretty much everything I did until about two years ago. <laughs> so I just, no judgments. Yeah. <laughs> well, I kind of feel like um, regret is a lot of like looking back and not accepting who you are today. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't know, obviously I regret a lot of decisions, but I just don't get a choice to like, 
press a button and go back and redo it. So I'm just trying to kind of figure out the best way to move forward and not um, kind of like to, um, I don't know, make the best of the advantages and like not kind of let the downside be too depressing. <laughs> yeah. Well, let me just ask you, I'm going to jump around a little bit because I, I just want to kind of frame this with, you know, sort of my point of view and my sort of take on what I've seen. Like when I first kind of heard the story, which I'm sure anytime someone's like, we telling something, not even secondhand, a millionth hand of, you know, when you sort of like exploded onto the zeitgeist, you know, and I, you know, when I hear about something so much, I don't really follow New York rich person gossip, you know, but, um, you know, it, it was impossible to not hear about what happened with you, you know, and, uh, and, you know, what I heard was basically, oh, this girl basically, you know, fudged some numbers, lied a little bit in order to raise money for this art space. And I'm like, yeah, isn't that just being a business person? Like what, like how else are you supposed to get money if people don't already think you have money? That's how to make it in America. Like, no one gives money to poor people. They won't. <laughs> They'll only give you money if they already think you're rich. And I'm like, to me, the art world, no disrespect, it's, it's, it's largely based on hype, right? It's largely based on hype. Not to say certain art isn't good, but that's all subjective. So it's like, you know, to make it in the art world, you have to be good at hype. So you hype yourself and your idea in order to get people to give you money so I'm like, if this girl is good at hyping things, that makes her perfectly qualified to be in the art world because yes. it's all based on hype. Pretty much, yes. So I, I don't, I'm not like, I don't know. I'm kind of, I guess I'm, I guess I'm saying, you know, I'm also the person who, when I was 24, went into the biggest comedy manager in the world's office and said, I'm going to be a famous comedian. Yeah. That wasn't true uh, by any stretch of the imagination, but you have to say something that's not true in order to get people to believe in you. And then you make it true later. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, you know, I just think you did this in the wrong city. Come to LA and you, <laughs> you shouldn't have done this in New York. You should have just done it in LA because people in New York have a, like this shame thing, or there's like a more, there's some morality bullshit going on here where people <laughs> pretend they have like morals. I don't know. I just, I'm trying to understand how you're any different than any other business person. <laughs> Or any other woman trying to make it in their 20s. <laughs> I guess. I guess you have to, like, ask the district attorney's office. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, let me just ask you, like, when you, when you look back, it's like, you know, I think that a lot of what you did uh, accidentally was you embarrassed people. Uh, people got embarrassed because that, you know... When I look at, I'm not comparing you to Liz, um, Elizabeth Holmes, but when I hear the Elizabeth Holmes thing, it's like, oh, she, you know, Henry Kissinger, she conned him out of half a million dollars. It's like, well, why the fuck was Henry Kissinger giving some 18-year-old blonde girl who hadn't even graduated sophomore year of college anything? Why did he even take that meeting? Yeah. You know? So I think that that's when things get, that get complicated, you know? I'm like, is she the asshole for promising you that she was going to follow through with this technology? Are you the asshole that gave some hot blonde girl all that money when, you know, there was, the pitch wasn't even good, yeah. you know? So, so my question is like, you know, when you look back on this, are you kind of like, oh, I just did this at the wrong time with the wrong people or I, sh like, how else were you going to 
accomplish this goal of yours? How else could you have done it? It was like uh, kind of like those years we were big on like this whole hype thing and like fake it till you make it. Just kind of like, yeah, like the early two the 2010s. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I mean, I don't know. It's just like, I mean, there are some limits to what's acceptable, um, which you can and can't do. I mean, legally, but it's, a lot of it is about perception, too. Um, and I guess a lot of this actions, like, for example, if she were, like, if, if Elizabeth Holst, for example, if she were to succeed, mm -hmm. she would have been, like, lauded for her. Yeah. Yeah, it's like the and same And who's to actions. say, like, you know, she did some very shady things. I have, like, lots of hot takes on her. Um, you know, ultimately, it, no, the fact that no one said anything when she was getting, you know, all this money and spending it on publicists to get her on the front of Time magazine. But it's also like, that's the game you have to play in order to get more money. You know, who's to say that if she hadn't had five more years, she would have pulled this off. Who knows? Yeah. You know, so I think that like, there's no doubt in my mind that you would have executed your plan if you were just given a little bit more time. Definitely. My I, guess. Mean, I mean, look at like what they've done with this building now with 281 Park Avenue South. It's exactly the same thing what I was planning. So it just kind of like goes to show that I didn't just like make some make up some bullshit. It was never feasible. So it was always. But it's wild to me that people would get upset with you because you dared to have these big goals and big dreams uh, coming from not coming from old money. Whereas if someone comes from old money and they have not uh, lifted a finger, they haven't hustled the way that you hustled, they don't have the ambition you have, they'd be like, oh yeah, no, you deserve this loan because of what your grandfather did. And old money, I mean, name one old money billionaire that did something that aged well in terms of it being moral. Be like, yeah, no, you invented... Um, you know, you founded Exxon Mobil. It's destroying the world, and your your grandfather did something actually. It's like underpaid his workers and fracked and ruined the environment. You deserve a loan, even though you are just coasting off of your you know grandfather's selfishness. Like I, it just you know to me in America, it drives me nuts that you know in order to get money, you have to come from money. No one wants to give someone without money money. Yeah. Having money that you didn't earn pre-qualifies you for having future money, you know? So I just, I'm the kind of person that's like, I don't, I don't come from money. And I'm just like, how am I supposed to get money or opportunities if I don't lie? I had to lie on my resume. I had to lie about having money that I didn't have. I had to pretend I had money because no one wants to give someone without money money. But yeah. then how are you supposed to get it? Yeah, pretty much it. Yeah, you know? That's where there's so much inequality. People are like mad at you that you didn't just do it the right way and be a gold digger and <laughs> fuck some old guy for it. You know what I mean? Like what, how else would, you know, you have accomplished this goal otherwise? This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, I know you know that therapy works. So I'm not going to convince you that therapy, it seems like you already know it works. I think it's more a matter at this point of you guys knowing that you deserve it for yourself and that you do have time. I think there are a lot of people who are like, therapy's amazing. You need therapy and you need therapy and you should do therapy and therapy's great, but they're not doing it for themselves. You know, so if you're listening to this and you think everyone needs therapy but you, I have news. When you point one finger at everyone else, you point three back at yourself. See that? And if you're just listening to this, you don't see that I'm making a little handgun. My Second Amendment right means I get to do this. <laughs> 
I'm making a tiny little handgun. If you're thinking, and look, I just made a corny joke and I don't feel bad about it because I've been in therapy. Therapy might be for you. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, accessible, affordable, and entirely online. Get matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey and switch therapists at any time. You do not have to be monogamous with your therapist. When you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com Whitney today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com Whitney. And if you don't know how to spell help, you might not need BetterHelp. You might need Hooked on Phonics or Rosetta Stone. Ritual. I started taking Ritual four years ago. I've never had more energy. I've never felt better. I struggled for the longest time with these like weird ass fish oil pills and drinks and probiotic. Like, Like Ritual nailed it. When people run around with their fish oil pills and they're burping up wharf and smelling like Chilean sea bass, all over your those plate. How dare you? People like we outlawed secondhand smoke. Why do people just get to burp up sturgeon in a meeting? Because I need my omegas. Like, cool, buddy. But like, can you not bring your bluefin tuna breath in here? Ritual has those little mints in it, so you're getting your omegas without having a wharfy ass breath. I loved finding Nemo. Don't want to find him in a work meeting when I'm talking to you. Ritual has totally changed my life. And now uh, it has something called Symbiotic Plus. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. There's no more shame in your gut game. That's why Ritual is offering my listeners 10% off during your first three months. Visit ritual.com slash Whitney to start Ritual or add Symbiotic Plus to your subscription today. Yeah. I mean, not everybody who's like successful is like a criminal or a, a whore. I don't know. Are you sure? <laughs> Name one person. Who <laughs> then? <laughs> I know? mean, I guess, yeah. I just, I'm happy to be wrong, but I'm just saying, like, I just, I feel like we're all kind of, you know, in our 20s, you know, we were taught to use the secret. We're taught to manifest. You're taught to fake it till you make it. You're, Start to think big and you know, I, I just I mean I've talked to you a couple times. I've spent some time with you. You're don't seem like a dark, <laughs> sinister person. It seems like you're bright and sunny and optimistic. And <laughs> the difference I see with you is you don't seem to move through the world with a darkness or a manipulative energy. You have a very bright and sunny innocence to you. Yeah. That seems like in your heart of hearts, you were like, Yeah, no, I'm gonna figure this out. I just need yeah. a little more time. Definitely, yeah, yeah. That I guess like that's one one of the big misconceptions was like where they just portrayed me as being like so manipulative and like everything just has an agenda. And well, you're young and you're beautiful and you're blonde, <laughs> and, and I'm a criminal. <laughs> you know, yeah. It's just I think that it's just sort of usually the people that do this just are men, and you're like, oh, that that's just good business. I don't know. And you also kind of are like the perfect casting of like a Marvel movie villain. You have an accent. <laughs> You know, from a very early age, we were taught like a Russian accent means nefarious. It, would anyone have like, per, like, you know, no one would have given you a loan if you had a Southern accent. It just wouldn't have happened. You know what I mean? It's just like, yeah, like this bitch knows some shit. I don't know. It's like 
in a way, when someone's like foreign, we're kind of like, oh yeah, they probably have. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I agree with that. It's yeah. sort of like the perfect storm of playing into all of our fears, all of the stereotypes of women that would be manipulative and conniving and serpentine, and you have beautiful blue eyes and perfect skin, and it's just you know, I don't, you know, yeah, I probably would not be able to like to get away with it in Europe. Because they're just like, <laughs> well, their banks don't have any money. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Not anymore. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, so I don't want to like accuse you of anything. What do you feel like, you know, in terms of the criminal charges, what do you feel like is like fair? Like that is true. I did do that. Um, well, I can't comment on that because my criminal case is still on direct appeal. But um, just having been through the system myself, like I'm just going to answer something completely different. Oh, yeah, fine. <laughs> I like that. I respect that. <laughs> Swerve on. <laughs> I'm here to learn from you. I'm literally just here to learn. Oh, it's like that's what I do sometimes. It's like people ask me one thing and I just answer something completely different. Well, <laughs> I respect that. And, that, you know, and I'm the idiot that answers the questions people ask me. And it gets me in trouble all the time. Someone asks me something, I say the answer, and then I get canceled. <laughs> this is smart. You're doing what the guys do. <laughs> you like, have a lot of control in the way that you carry yourself. You comport yourself with a lot of, you know, competence, and you're sure-footed, and you make eye contact, and it's, you know, it's it's a little disarming. My voice would disagree. Your voice? But then you have no, this... I said my lawyers. Oh, your disagree. lawyers. Okay, okay. So, oh, they think that you're... That, oh, like, 99% of my interviews are just awful. Why? I, you strike me as very um, direct. Well, maybe not... Nine, yeah, well, that's the problem, I guess. I think it's refreshing. Yeah. I guess, yes. And you also have, you know, like... I'm just going to say this because I just say what the fuck I think. Um, and uh, I mean, you and I have been kind of going back and forth and trying to arrange this for like a couple months. So I've had a, you know, a little bit of experience with you and the way you move through the world and the way you comport yourself. And I have absolutely no judgments about it. It's actually inspiring to me. Um, I would say in the last six months, two or three people on my team fully just work for you now. <laughs> I'm not even joking. It's like wild. I can't. I have a chief of staff. I don't like to say assistant because she's not assisting me in doing things. She does things I can't do. So I say chief of staff, not assistant. Katie, like she came in the other day, panicked. I have never seen her have this sense of urgency. She's like, Anna just sent me this picture of these flowers that she thinks should be on the table when we shoot. Should I go overnight? Where do I get her? We got to get her these flowers. I'm like, can I get my boarding pass, please? Can I get my dry cleaning? Like, do you? Like, my credit card's getting declined. And can you call Chase Bank and help? Like, like Anna wants these flowers. She needs these flowers. She wants them. And then I'm like, she's making demands? Like, that's wild. And then I read the email, and it's not a demand. You just were like, hey, I have these flowers in my house right now they look really good maybe we could get them for the podcast recording it was like a gentle suggestion and the way that it filtered through her brain was like if we don't get any of these flowers we're fucked like i don't know like i, I, I like she might fire me i'm like you don't work for her you work for me why i've never had you handle any of my needs this quickly 
And then I get here this morning and I'm like, oh, well, you know, no need to have flowers. It's fine. Don't worry about it. And then this morning she's like, hey, just FYI on the flowers. <laughs> and then I went to a little mart and I got flowers and they weren't the ones you sent the picture of. And I was sort of like, I think I'm going to get these. What if she doesn't like them? I mean, you, you do have this sure-footedness about you that I don't know if it's a, you know, a cultural thing, whatever, but you ask for something without shame in a way. You just have these like brass balls that in America, people are like, you know what, get, n never mind, I'll do it. Like, pe w women in America are, are sort of, and maybe other countries too, I just want to speak from my experience, is like, we're, uh, we move through the world in an apologetic, I don't want to take up too much space, I don't want to ask for too much, I'm already pushing it just by being here, and how dare I ask for anything I want. Yeah. And it's confusing to people. Yeah. And it, um, it's kind of like, an, you know, I mean, most of the women I know are in therapy to be able to ask for something as clearly and directly as you do. And the worst you could hear is no. Yeah. It seems like you're very comfortable with hearing no, but you're like, I'm, that doesn't mean I'm not going to, I'm just going to ask for it. Yeah. And if someone says no, I'll just ask for something else or <laughs> go somewhere else. <laughs> You know? I, I mean, I just learned it from men, I guess. <laughs> yeah, you're kind of just doing what guys do, but you have the audacity to be beautiful and blonde and young. And I think the rest of us are like, how did she get away with that? It's like, I, I kind of just asked. Right. Yeah, that's what I think. Like, yeah, I'd never like really like made it like any scheme up. Like I literally just asked and it's like, if that's okay, like, they, they did it, and if not, you just move on to something else. I guess, nobody really, like, I don't know, I didn't watch the Netflix series, but I doubt, like, any, like, the kind of the whole chain of events really kind of was portrayed the way it actually played out, because they were just, like, so many more moving parts, and there's just so much more going on, other than, like, this kind of caricature. The point of view of it was more that your friends were shallow assholes that were using you it was sort of the point of view was more um well why did they want to be friends with her so bad when they thought she was a rich heiress and then felt betrayed but they were the shallow ones that wanted to be close to you yeah because they thought you had money i mean it was very and you know to me it's sort of like people can say no if you if you the girl the in morocco or whatever like you asked for something, she could have said no. Yeah. You know what I mean? Kind of thing. Yeah. And she's the one that said yes and then was a, felt like a victim and had to sort of paint this sort of, um, I was swindled and I was stolen from, but it's also, you were the one that wanted stuff for free. Yeah. And then if she wanted something for free, she's the shallow asshole kind of thing. Yeah. That was kind of the point of view of it was more that you held a mirror up to everyone else's shallowness. Yeah. And it embarrassed them and made them look bad. Yeah. I mean, although with that, I think, yeah, I definitely agree with that. But it's also like they kind of overblew this whole like feuds that haven't never really like took place. And just mainstream media, they love like pitting people against uh, people, women against each other. Of course. It's like, that's just what, that's just like such a big story that doesn't even exist. That Rachel girl, I mean, the situation was really unfortunate. Like I did promise her that I was going to pay her back and I did not. Not because I was scheme like a scheming to do that or right. plan to like it just happened. Yeah. Um and then she kind of like rolled Which, with by the, the way, story. I 
got loans in college that I did not intend to pay back. <laughs> I had no intention of paying back the University of Pennsylvania. It's just I ha eventually had to, you know? Like, there's a lot of money that I borrowed that I had no intention of paying back. So you're already way ahead of me in terms of getting into heaven. Um, and I don't know. And then she just kind of, like, rolled with a story. Then... Um, she was kind of reacting to what media was like. Kind well, she of... was also in the media. I mean, she was works for Vanity Fair, right? So that's yeah. already someone who wants to be public in some way or participate in the muckraking or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. And then she was kind of like, yeah, kind of like went there even though. And now it's like a big Rachel feud. Me and her is like, I really don't care. I could not care less about her. Right. It was right. just like never that deep or serious. <laughs> it's just like ridiculous. They were like, I had some, so many more deeper relationships that didn't even like make it into the series. Right, right, right. Um, well, that was the one that was just made the most public. So Yeah. And that's just, I guess, another example of like what society chooses to focus on. Hmm. And so let me ask you, when you, you know, not making any accusations, but in terms of getting loans from banks, like what was your process in doing that? Am I allowed to ask that? Um, sure. I mean, um, I don't know. A lot of, like, I don't know. With me, I was always like, oh, this option is not working. Then we're going to like get, try another one. And mm -hmm. there's always another person who's like willing to listen you out and like maybe do something about it. And like none of them are doing it for selfless reasons. It's just they're trying to make a profit. Yeah. Yeah. And it all goes on to the um, reports. And I don't know, like nobody's really like just doing it for out of the kindness of the heart. That's interesting because to me, you know, banks, I don't have a ton of sympathy for banks. When someone's like, oh, this person took a loan from a bank and never paid it back. Or, oh, this person, you know, presented, uh, you know, an exaggerated version of what they had in order to procure... Go for it. Thank you. Um, well, let me back up here. Where do you think the rumor of the German heiress came from? It seems like that's, that really caught fire. Was that something that you feel like sort of was insinuated and then it sort of snowballed? Is that something you feel like came out of nowhere? Is that something you feel like was just like a rumor? Or is that something you feel like you sort of like leaned into? And then, you know, where do you think this heiress thing came from? Because America is obsessed with old money, obsessed with it. Um, oh, definitely. So I think it came from the GA's press release when I got arraigned. Mm -hmm. um, I like, I read it when they just, so I got extra edit from, uh, California, right? Because I was there in Malibu and <clears throat> but 29 days later, yeah, they made me wait the whole month. So like New York, they have like 30 days to come and get you when another state is holding you. Um, so they did, I guess they waited until the very last day almost. Um, and Todd, my lawyer at the time, he like showed me the email um, when he spoke to me before that. And yeah, this is like where it came from. And the DA's office, they're just trying to like embarrass you as much as possible and like see what sticks. And I guess that's, they created it and it never ever came out of my mouth. <laughs> so can I ask about the LA stint? I, I read online somewhere and everything on the internet is a true fact. <laughs> um, that you were out there in a treatment facility? 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah. Can I ask, was that a getting sober thing or was oh, that? No, I don't have any drug addictions or alcohol addictions, no. So, that was just literally, um, I was there with a friend, yeah. Okay, nice. Yeah. And then how, did you enjoy LA? Um, I like LA for short periods of time. It's not yeah. bad. <laughs> You would fit in perfectly out there. I'm telling you, you just did whatever this is in the wrong city. In LA, you would rush it. Right now. But so, okay, so when it comes to the getting loans from a bank, you know, and I'm someone that doesn't have sympathy for banks. I think when people talk about you and getting loans from banks, in my experience, they have more awe than judgment. They're like, she was able to get this loan from a bank, you know. <laughs> And I don't have a lot of sympathy for banks. Banks are assholes. These are the same people that when I was broke, and if you overdraw your bank account, $20, they charge you $100 in an overdraft fee. So fuck banks. But what was your strategy going in to get these loans? Like, did you feel like it was pretty easy to get a loan? Because I think what you did, whatever it was, held up a mirror to how fucked up the banking system is, which is if they believe you have some kind of old money to bail you out, they're just going to give you a loan. Whereas most small, small businesses, you know, can't get one. Yeah. Uh, it's, I guess it's like, there was a lot. So it's hard to kind of describe, uh, describe it in one sentence. But I mean, they know, they have like this system set up and they know what needs to be done to bypass it. Mm-hmm. So and if it's in their interest to kind of like make things work, they will assist you in every step of the way to make sure it gets done. And, and then did you, like, what do you think was in it for them? Like, did they, because you had some recommendations from other people or they just, you know, aligned with your vision or you think that they just, like, why, why do you think they... I think it was like the eight, it was like eighty thousand here, sixty thousand there, right? Oh uh, well, I mean, I guess the end goal for them would be like for them to just have that account with like the whole um, like for the whole business, mm-hmm. or like to hold I don't know the letter of credit for the building that um, I've been trying to lease. You know, it's like would be just like whatever seven million just sitting in the bank. I mean, I don't know, like none of that is a big money, but maybe. Um, for like a banker just to have an account like kind of like maybe a smaller entertainment bank Mm -hmm. like i don't know city national bank maybe how did you learn all this like how did i I, you're you were 25 26 yeah i would not have known how to go into a bank and even who did you look to who did you get advice from at that time well i had great lawyers at a time and it's like if you just kind of like look into that none of that is really that complicated i don't know it kind of made sense to me (laughs) Because your thing is like, just ask. The worst I could hear is no. Um, kind of, yes. I mean, like, it just made sense to me at the time. I mean, I had a, like, I had a great team. So it's like, it's all, it was not even really me. I think I just kind of like knew which person to pick. And I guess that was like, I really like, if you look at the team I had at the time, they were really great. In terms of the team, like the bankers or like lawyers, architects, food and beverage, um, 
developers, like a lot of people that go into that. No, like no bank will just give you money if um, you just tell us like, oh, hi, hey, I'm a little girl, like give me money. Like they want you to have people who would be responsible to. <laughs> so you had already aligned with people that were respected in the space that they all wanted to be in business with. Pretty much, yes. And um, I guess, and it's like you just have to see who would be the best one. And not everybody whose name is like maybe in the media it doesn't really mean that they're good. Right. Not all the time. So. And then, so it's sort of like aligning with people whose reputations are solid and it all kind of works together that way. I mean, not even like, I wouldn't say I was writing anybody's reputation. I just like would see who would be the best for the vision. I'm just trying to figure out what you did wrong. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not trying to be an asshole. I'm just genuinely like, it seems like there's the personal stuff with the friends, which is like, you know, to me, that's personal shit. And, you know, the thing I bump on with people being, you know, getting their panties in a bundle about your friend that's the Moroccan trip or whatever. It's like in, in this country or in most countries, if you're a hot girl who is, you know, expecting a man to pay for your trip, as long as you're having sex with him, that's totally fine. But if it's a friend and you sort of just overshot the amount and had the intention of going on this fun trip and then, you know, you're sort of like, um, you know, you know, couldn't follow through with it, which is, you know, in your 20s, you kind of just jump off a cliff and try to catch yourself. That's just what the tw- your 20s is, figuring out where the walls are and what the boundaries are and making mistakes and learning from them. Yeah. But when it comes to the financial institutions, that's where I'm just kind of like, yeah, wh- what did you do wrong? <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Well, I've been accused of misrepresenting, I guess, the, my assets. How else are you going to get money <laughs> in this country How, if you don't already have it? You know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, just like, we'll go look what... But what Trump is being accused of doing right. by the AG, so I don't know. Yeah, I mean, if you were a man, we would have elected you president <laughs> of the United States. So I think your biggest mistake is that you're a pretty girl, you know, with an accent. And we've been trained from Bond movies to believe that this accent is like a conniving, you know, insidious, you know, snake. <laughs> So, okay, so let's go back to the bank stuff. So, um, you know, do you think on some level one of the things that went sideways was you embarrassed men? I find when men get embarrassed, that's when shit really hits the fan. Oh, well, I mean, my angle was like to kind of build my business, not embarrass men, but (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, I guess in a way, definitely. I mean, who wants to really be put in that position? Right. And I mean, not everybody really deserved what they've got in the media. Like, I don't know. Um, one of my like lawyers I had, he was really great. He didn't really like, he just like wanted to help me. And that's it. That was his biggest kind of, <laughs> um, that's all he's done. And he just like got <laughs> so burned in the media. And like, I wish that didn't happen, but kind of everybody else, I don't know. They had like, they modest. When I was in my 20s, I will admit I was manipulative. I, I didn't know anything else. I, you know, you know, I would dress the part. I would try to look cute for meetings. I, you know, tried to, I would wear a low cut shirt if I knew I was meeting with a guy that I'd heard was scummy. Like I absolutely, <laughs> that was, it, it worked. You know what I mean? 
um, you could argue. So <laughs> I'm not accusing you of this. I absolutely own that I felt that when I was in my 20s, I had to do that. You know, it was like if I was going in a meeting with a man, I would put my hair down and put on some lip gloss. If I was going with, with a woman, I would try to like, you know, de-gender myself and so that I didn't feel like I was trying to be sexy. You know, I just absolutely... Um, you know, would shape shift and walk on eggshells trying to accommodate someone else's ego. And I was just kind of full of shit. If I felt like someone was a narcissist and a, you know, egomaniac, I would compliment them and bullshit and say that I loved their movies and their work, even if I hadn't seen them at all, you know, whatever. That <laughs> is what I did in my 20s. Good, bad, moral, not. Like I'm, you know, I have big huckster energy. I have big, like, you know, because again, how else are you going to make it. If you're not swashing people's egos, kind of exaggerating. If I had done a guest star on a show, I said I, or a co-star, I'd say I did a guest star, you know? Did you feel like going into any of these meetings, you, you know, dressed a certain way, carried yourself a certain way uh, to be taken more seriously? Was that at all part of it? I'm just curious, like, you know, people really focus on the way that you dress and your fashion sense. And was that ever something that you feel like was an intentional way to get people to sort of trust you or feel like you already had money, therefore they didn't have to worry that you needed them. Does that make any sense? I would always dress, dress down. I would never like dress up for meetings ever. Um, and I don't know where it came from. I guess it's just like it, now that I look like now that has been over analyzed in the media by so many people, I guess that's what I've been thinking because what would be the <laughs> other explanation? But yeah, I don't know. It just kind of like came naturally. I don't know. There was like no big strategy. I don't know. I guess, yeah, literally, this is why it's so hard to kind of like answer some of these questions because it's just like, I don't know. And look, I'm the first person that is, you know, in my, not this special, the last special, you know, I did this uh, bit about how, um, you know, Frank Abagnale, he was the guy that Catch Me If You Can was based on. Like if a man is a con artist, you know, he gets a movie made about him starring Leonardo DiCaprio. He makes $100,000 to speak at colleges about how he swindled, you know, he, he um, posed as a pilot. He, you know, posed as a surgeon. Like, and now he's this, like, here, he did a TED Talk and everyone loves him, you know. And uh, how when men lie, we just think they're good at business, they're good at strategizing, they just have to do what they have to do in order to they accomplish their goal. And when a woman lies, you know, where these, it's like, I knew it, you know? <laughs> That's why there's no female magicians. Like, no one likes, when, it's not fun to see a woman hide something. When a man does a magic trick, we're like, oh, magic. And when a woman did a, does a magic She's trick, we be like, I knew it. I, I, what did I tell you? They're all lying cunts. So um, I'm just curious, like, because as I'm talking to you, there seems to be this, like, innocence of, you know, like, I just had the you know, audacity, whether it was planned or just, you know, learning how to move through the world. I just kind of asked for all this stuff, looking the way I look. And it, everyone is projecting on you that you had this like calculated, insidious, you know, strategy. Yeah, right. <laughs> I wish there would be like some alternate reality to see like what's going, how like I would have ended up if I like literally were a guy. So I don't know. Yeah. But that's just never going to happen. So. You know, and I think that something wild happens when someone exposes how easy it is to sort of like reveal the house of cards that is, you know, the New York social scene or the New York banking system, you know, how easily you were able to show how biased it is, how maybe racist it is and how, you know, being white 
and pretty can kind of get you a ridiculous amount or a ridiculous amount further. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, this is the other thing. It's like it's the, thing. the less you say, yeah. the more I want to just give you stuff. <laughs> like she's just, I'm blathering on. I'm the con artist. Like I, you're just, you're not, you're just like, yeah, no. You're in like a gerbil wheel, right? Totally. <laughs> like, I mean, here it's just, you know, it's just fascinating. Can I ask you a little bit about being from Russia? Sure. I'm obsessed with Russia. Obsessed with Russia. So much so that all my hair is Russian. Um, <laughs> I stand with Ukraine, but my hair is Russian. Um, I also have this theory that Putin can't be treating his citizens that bad if the hair is this healthy. I mean, look at, I mean, not one split end from all this <laughs> Russian hair. Obviously, you know, they're getting fed over there. Um, do you remember your time in Russia? How, do you remember how old you were when you went to Paris from Russia or France? Oh, I, I, went, to, no, I went to Germany first. Oh, right. Sorry. <laughs> um, I was like 15. So I was like traveling with my dad when I was like 13, 14. And uh, I was like homeschooled for a year and then I kind of moved when I was 15. Did your dad like, homeschool you? Uh, pretty much, yeah. Oh, like a little bit, yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. You were homeschooled, but did you ever go to a regular I don't know. School? I was just like homeschooled for like one year and okay. like half a year, I think, in between, yeah. Do you no. know why? I'm just, homeschool fascinates me. Um, uh, because I just didn't want to like get started on the new school while I was about to move. It was something like that. And, so. Uh, just to so at 15 14 you were like i don't want to go to school and they were like (laughs) no problem well i like finished the mandatory minimum that like we had to do i think it was like eighth grade and then i was like homeschooled for like about half a year but the homeschooling was your idea yeah so okay i now know everything i need to know (laughs) at 14 15 you're like i don't want to go to school and your dad was like no problem Why would you not move through the world after that, not thinking you could do whatever you wanted, whatever you wanted? Well, I went back to school when I moved to Germany. Okay. (laughs) So I did like 13 years of school. Okay. (laughs) I mean, why wouldn't you just move through the world thinking you could get... I mean, it's just like, I don't know why you would have any reason to believe you couldn't control authority figures by just asking in a very direct way and then doing this cute little laugh that is so endearing and charming. I don't know. I mean, you know, the, the, the way to get what you want from men in power is just laugh at their shitty jokes. Like, this is why I, I'm just telling you, I, like, like, the world is divided between women that laugh at guys' jokes that aren't funny and ones that don't. I do not laugh at guys' jokes that aren't funny, and it is a real obstacle in my career. <laughs> Like, if I could do this, I would have everything I want. <laughs> it takes a lot out of me. <laughs> if you fake orgasms too, you will take over this city. Oh my gosh. Right. Like, I used to drink quite a lot when I was in my early 20s. Now, um... Well, I don't know. It's like, you know, the first time you realize like your parents don't have all the answers and it like goes all downhill from there. Yes, that is fascinating. Do you feel like you realize that in your teenage years? Yeah, I think I was like, I don't know, maybe like 10, 12 years old. I remember. Do you remember? Was it a specific moment? 
gosh i remember like the concept just like thinking well maybe then <laughs> maybe they don't really know what's going on <laughs> and then did you feel like in that moment it was like i need to take matters into my own hands like you know these authority figures don't deserve the authority they have or i can't rely on them like i have to rely on myself yeah that was like kind of kind of the seeds of that thought we just like well i better like have it figured out for myself or nobody else will <laughs> that's that's intense i mean i i had that at a very young age i grew up in you know um an alcoholic home and mine was more like oh i have to feed myself i have to get myself to school i have to get myself home from school you know no judgment with you guys but i can't rely on you yeah 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 that is like if you really want to take care of yourself like nobody else will <laughs> that's big and i don't really know there was not not one single event it was kind of like gradual i think it was like kind of the sum of observations <laughs> that's intense and like do, do you you know not to disparage you know your parents but like did you feel like they just weren't around they weren't reliable um no they were around they were reliable it's just like just maybe what they chose like wouldn't be necessary what i would have chosen for myself mm -hmm. like i wouldn't have made the same choices mm -hmm. um like the the moment i knew i couldn't rely on my parents is when i asked to be homeschooled and they said yes <laughs> i mean like because that's what we do as, as kids is we test we test the to see how strong the walls are we're constantly testing and it's just sort of like if you don't pass the test of being more alpha than me then i have to take matters into my own hands and I'm going to start laughing at men's jokes. <laughs> Look what you've driven me to. <laughs> A life of laughing at bankers. Oh, that is child abuse. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, in a way, yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, my parents kind of, like, they... Because I was good at school at the very beginning until I was, like, I don't know, 16, 17. And I guess they just, like, they thought... I know what I'm doing, so like they left me a lot of freedom. <laughs> like she's got this. Yeah. Well, that strikes me as like uniquely also very Russian. <laughs> like, don't they just give birth to you and put you in an igloo and like you have to figure it out? <laughs> so I have like a little brother. He's almost 13 years younger than me. Okay. And I guess he got like a totally different upbringing from me, even though they have we have exactly the same parents. <laughs> a different upbringing from the parents, or because you were involved in helping rear, rear the child. Just, <laughs> because when my parents had me when they were like relatively young, my mom was like 23 or something, 22, okay. and uh, they had him when uh, I live in LA, 36. where that's very old. That's basically <laughs> geriatric. And she had him when she was 36. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, um, and I feel like just the amount of. 36 was he an accident or do you think he was planned <laughs> i guess over there every woman's eggs are frozen because of how cold it is I, I did not want to have siblings i like that i like that you're just saying that so i really no one wants siblings she just has the balls to say it like who wants to share with some fucking baby I really wanted to have a sibling when I was like eight, nine, like seven, eight, nine. I remember I was like a baby oh. coming into the mix when you're like thirteen or fourteen is yeah. that's so annoying. And now it's just like no, because then you're you have to babysit it, right? <laughs> yeah, I would like call him like your son. <laughs> and it's also totally, and it's also like like you're just old enough to know what sex is, and you're like 
you're fucking? <laughs> like, you guys fucked in the last year? Like, why? Like, it's gross. Like, it's just like, you're supposed to do it when I'm like eight, they're four. So we like don't really know until later how he came about. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Like, I just I feel like they kind of missed the window for me, like, no, not to become like as selfish as I am today. Because <laughs> they were focusing on this useless baby you know and then you were right at the time of 13 ish when you would need the most discipline or the most kind of guidance i guess yeah yeah and then i also like i lived just with my dad for like about a year or two and then it's just like literally it's kind of like living by yourself you might as well yeah, yeah you might as well just be a street trawler you just have to like survive somehow yeah because it's also at that time at 13 14 you start like needing tampons and they're just like bye <laughs> Like guy, like dads are just like just just here's a thousand dollars. Go buy the tampons. Like I don't want to hear anything about this. <laughs> this shampoo and conditioner, it's called Ue. I originally got obsessed with it because of the packaging. I didn't really care if the product worked or not. I was like, I worked so hard to make a soothing, beautiful home for myself to live in, and I am so sick of great products coming in packaging that makes your bathroom look like um, the bathroom of a strip club just went through an earthquake. Like, I don't want my bathroom to look like a CVS. I don't want it to be loud. I don't want neon green. Like, why are you yelling at me? This is, these are the bottles that I want in my shower. They soothe me. They make me feel good. They make me feel mature. And I like, they're cute. They're just the perfect amount of chubby, cherubic, and very chic. This is the only shampoo and conditioner that has repaired my hair and made it luscious, luscious. And also, I like to floss with pieces of my hair, and I'm finally at a place where I can floss again with my hair. So I know that's a weird endorsement, but you know when sometimes you need to floss and you get a couple pieces of hair and twist them together? If it breaks, now what? Discover all the ways to share joy this season, theway.com, and use code Whitney to get 15% off your entire purchase. That's 15% off your entire order at T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, code Whitney. Look how spot, this is such big spot energy. Grow up, way. Um, men and their t-shirts. I don't know what happened i don't know why you guys who did this was it steven dorf like who ruined who made men think that their shirts have to have long v's that i have to see your sternum that they have to be off the shoulder guys now have these you know what it was fucking um maroon five adam levine ruined men ruined them Broke men. Lenny Kravitz. Be Lenny Kravitz? Oh, God. Lenny Kravitz can do whatever the hell he wants. <laughs> How about that? Okay? They miss me. Hollywood, baby. Okay, Lenny Kravitz and I went to Nobu for a business meeting. People thought it was a date, and let's keep it that way. True classic. Think about those words. True, that's a hot word. Classic. True classic. The only thing hotter than a man wearing a real t-shirt that just covers what it's supposed to cover, cuts off what it, where it's supposed to cut off, is a man that wears a true classic shirt 
at 25% off at trueclassic.com slash Whitney. Free shipping included on purchases over $100. That's 25% off at trueclassic.com slash Whitney. Santa won't be the only one slaying thanks to True Classic. You seem incredibly self-aware. Is this stuff that you just sort of figured out on your own? Do you talk to a therapist or did you kind of just... Um... And I just read like a lot about myself in the media. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I don't need, no, I don't go into therapy. I mean, um, like you kind of like get, I got a taste of it, like having been through the system. I don't know, not for me. I don't know, not that this, um, not at this point, because I feel like uh, a lot of it, just like when you keep talking about your problems, you think like they become important mm -hmm. and not all problems deserve to be like being talked about to that extent. And you just did something that made me like you a lot, but most people, you know, you said I'm, I'm selfish and it's very, everyone is incredibly selfish, but no one says that. Like most people pretend they're not, you know? Um, and that was really fascinating to me that you just kind of said that without shame, you know, the way, yeah, most people go like, you know, I'm addicted to this thing. So therefore I seek things to feed my ego they'll kind of say it in a way that you know minimizes being selfish you know i mean i think that we are at peak selfish right now and yeah. whether you go i'm gonna get what i deserve and you know i should believe in myself it all boils down to being selfish and i don't think there's anything wrong with being selfish you know i think a woman being ambitious or selfish is still something that's really unattractive to a lot of people or um it triggers people you know i to me, when people say I'm ambitious, it's still like the nastiest thing you can say. Oh, she's really ambitious. And she's just like, you know, and it's whether it's, you know, socially constructed, whether it's the biological basis, but something rubs us the wrong way when women want too much or think they deserve something. Yeah, yeah. Oh, like sometimes it can be both, too. It's like they all go together. It's like it doesn't just because you're selfish, it doesn't make you like automatically automatically bad. Right. It's like you can also kind of use that. Um for something better too it's like it's not not everything is just like so simple and one-dimensional and flat right two things can be true at once yeah and i think people really struggle with that i think the black and white thinking really soothes people and i think people want to be able to say that person's trash that person's amazing that person's selfish that person's selfless anything like two things can be true at once that cognitive dissonance really stresses people out yeah 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 it's like you know even the same when i went on trial it's like you can still be something and you can still like care about clothes, you know? Yes. That's being said about women so much. It's like, how is it? It doesn't make me like shallow, evil, or I don't know. <laughs> also, I agree. It's like Amal Clooney, George Clooney's wife is an international rights lawyer and she's always in, you know, the most expensive clothes you can buy. But no one's like, oh, turns out she's just a selfish, <laughs> shallow cunt. It's like, no, like some women get a pass and some don't. And I'm always just trying to figure out who does and why? Yeah. You know, I think you made the mistake of maybe being very young. Maybe when a woman's like in her 40s, you're like, okay, you're allowed to wear expensive clothes now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. You're allowed to get plastic yeah. surgery now. You're allowed to be thin now. But if you do it when you're young, you're cheating or you're, you haven't earned this yet or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you have to like be something else before you're, like, you're allowed to be before you have to wear good clothes. <laughs> and I just don't know what that 
math equation is for a woman that has big dreams that people will accept. You are going to have just seen a little bit of an edit uh, because I, 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 under, I am now very clear on what happened in the last 10 years. Your energy, your presence, your no piercer ass, tiger eyes <laughs> makes men just scramble. They're, everyone's in a panic around you. I just, you, you, your energy is really, myself included. I mean, I've been stuttering this entire time. I'm like, oh God, was that a stupid question? Like, what if she doesn't like me? Like, what if she thinks that was dumb? Like, you, you definitely, do you know that you have sort of an effect on people energetically by just kind of doing nothing? I, I don't know. <laughs> you have kind of an intense presence. You do have big assassin energy. Like, have you seen Killing Eve? You do have big, could be an assassin energy. Oh my gosh, that's actually, people tell me that all the time. The Killing Eve actress. Yeah, Jodie um, Comer. Jodie yeah. Comer, yeah. But um, that was like a big pick who was going to play. I've spent most of this interview to being like, like me? <laughs> what if she doesn't like me? Like, what if that was a dumb question? What are we going to do? She looks bored. Like, I'm panicked that you're bored. You really do kind of um, bring out, like, I've seen this with a couple people, like, um, where it sort of people's inner child starts to panic because maybe they're, because you know, like, I have this thing of um, a lot of people think I'm a bitch or they project onto me that I'm a bitch because I really try to go out of my way. I'm in 12-step recovery for codependence, which means like you basically just, you don't um, shape shift and you don't uh, walk on eggshells around people's bullshit. And I find that if you're not overly saccharine, I'm also in businesses where people are like very fake and very like you meet someone and 10 minutes later, they're your best friend. And like, you don't know their last name and you're like, I love your shirt. I love this. Your hair is gorgeous. Like people kind of fawn all over each other in a way that's, um, you know, really immature and kind of fake and silly. But when you're just direct and you're like, hi, my name's Whitney. People are like, okay, PMS much. This bitch on wheels over here. And I'm like, no, I'm not a bitch. Just everyone else is wildly full of shit and fake and fawn all over people no wonder we're all in a human resources nightmare you know because everyone you know agents male agents don't need to tell every 20 year old assistant how cute their skirt is and you look beautiful today like no one stop do commenting on anyone's appearance at work you know but you kind of uh you're very comfortable with silence and direct <laughs> eye contact and it's definitely jarring <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's interesting to hear that about oneself. I don't know. <laughs> you're kind of doing a lot, even though you're doing absolutely nothing. I'll take it as a compliment. <laughs> yeah. You're not like anxious to get out of your skin. You're not, you don't fill silence with drivel like I do. <laughs> <laughs> Paid for my house. <laughs> well, I don't know. I just, it, it's just, it is what it is with me. Like I've kind of like been... I've been interviewed a lot and I don't know, I just kind of like, it's only excited like a couple, couple first times, so. Can I ask you a little more about Russia? Sure. Because I'm obsessed, you know, and you know there is a, um, maybe you learn this in your homeschooling, uh, maybe they don't teach this over there at home or at school, but there is such a deep-seated rivalry between America and Russia. Um, from the Cold War, I think you guys beat us at hockey a couple times. If, 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 <laughs> 
if Russia beat America in some sports games and every woman from Russia will pay, (laughs) you know, you and, you know, so there's tension between Russia and America. Do you think that, you know, you're perceived a certain way because you're from Russia? I'm sure that's the case. I mean, I don't know. So many people like sometimes people think like I'm from Germany. Others think I'm from Russia. I don't know. Like to me personally, I don't feel like I've two countries that, you know, pretty shady places. (laughs) I mean, Germany is pretty straightforward, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) The Germans, when they have a goal, they're going to accomplish it from what I've read. And to me personally, I don't really feel like from I'm from anywhere and neither did I like I don't have kind of like any desire to like be able to say, oh, I'm from here and this is my hometown. I think like kind of like nationalistic pride is really like overrated. And I don't know, it was never like I don't feel like any sort of I don't like I don't need to like have any allegiance to anything like bigger than me. Totally. That makes sense. But I do think that like we have certain ancestral trauma. We have certain ways that we were raised. I think the climate we were raised in, you know, matters a lot. I think you, you know, I think the women I know are from Russia are just in general, this is absolutely, you know, fine as a stereotype. Who cares? Like there's a, a stoic nature to them. They have a higher tolerance for discomfort because you guys grew up in like a tundra. You know, I think certain things build character and build resilience. And you seem to have a, a lot of resilience. I haven't heard you complain one time. I haven't heard you, you know, uh, uh, approach anything with a victim mentality. You're kind of like, it is what it is. And I'm just going to kind of say the truth, which is not a very a uniquely American thing. Where in America, you were raised to believe you're you special and everyone's trying to screw you over at all times, <laughs> which maybe they are, you know? And people tend to get attention, at least, you know, the ones, you know, that, you know, I can only speak for the ones that are, you know, forward facing, uh, and the ones that I'm exposed to, uh, taking the angle of, of a victim. It's very popular right now to be like, well, this isn't fair because of this, and this isn't fair because of this. And, you know, you seem to sort of really own your choices and be like, I've made some mistakes, but also people project onto me. It seems to be, you seem to have a very fair approach to the way you move through the world. I'm trying. I feel like victim mentality is so toxic. It's just incredible. Like, especially, I think it's like getting worse and worse. Um, I think it's very sad that it's being encouraged. It's really, really, yeah, it's, it's pathetic to watch. And people that just, you know, have been instilled. And for this country, it's a lot of, you know, reli- the religious fabric of our country. There's a lot of shame, you know, just going like, yeah, I want to wear nice clothes. Everyone wants to wear nice clothes. You're just not like, yeah, no, no, no. This is from Zara. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. if you comment on someone having a like, oh, love your outfit. I got, I got it on sale. And you're like, well, what's the, you know, you also wanted it and you probably yeah. would have pay- paid full price too. You know, we're in such a materialistic, yeah. you know, culture. And then everyone wants to pretend they're not materialistic. Yeah. And then the person having the conversation. Now I have to participate in your shame shit. Yeah. You're like, I like your jacket. It's from Zara. I didn't pay. And you're like, okay, like, I don't stop involving me in your emotional <laughs> spiral. I don't know. I think a lot of, like, also, so, you know, I was being interviewed by, like, people from different countries. And that's such a good indicator of, like, what the country is about. Kind mm-hmm. of, like, it's really funny to observe, actually, like, American reporters, British reporters, you know, German, French, Russian. Like, I've done this interview with um, Ksenia Sobchak, who is... Um, what they say she's a uh, goddaughter of Putin's 
Um, and that was an interesting one. <laughs> and a goddaughter is someone like a god. You someone's your godfather because your dad was like he's great and should be the honorary father. I think it's like it, I mean, it's not. Does that confirmed. mean the same thing in America? Yeah, it's like also the religious, the religious thing. It's like when you go to like somebody's baptism, right. you have like godmother and godfather. Like you know who has paternal instincts. Putin. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's the guy. If, I, if something bad happens to me, I want Putin to handle my kid. Even though if something bad happens to me, it's because Putin poisoned me. <laughs> this is only fair. If you kill me, that you should have to take care of my child. And like a funny thing she said, is like, oh my gosh, so it's like, why did you even bother with like people in New York? Why didn't you just go and like take some money from uh, Russian oligarchs? I'm like, <laughs> I'm like okay. Um, you were 25 at the time. You were probably eight years too old <laughs> for them to even want to talk to you. I was like, what are you asking me? Why I didn't like choose life of prostitution? <laughs> <laughs> okay, you tried to make it on your own and build an art space instead of just pour yourself out. Sociopath? How dare you? <laughs> that was like a question that no uh, American reporter like ever asked me. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I mean, and what was your answer? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, well, I don't know. I didn't choose the life of prostitution, and she was like, well, well, but you didn't have to like sleep with them. You could have just promised. <laughs> you could have just like led them on. <laughs> yeah, promising men stuff in Russia and not following through with it. Usually ends well. <laughs> I said, I just like, I chose to like promise things to banks instead. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that are funded by Russian oligarchs. I mean, I guess the worst thing that happened is like the guy got like temporarily suspended for like a couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I, uh, it's, it's just tricky because it's like when you sort of, reveal that someone's bad at their job whose fault is it you know <laughs> mine <laughs> is it i mean i let me is this a hot take that i you know I, my guess is after talking to you for a little bit and we facetimed the other day and seeing the way you move through the world and you know your passion for art is obviously very clear i think you probably would have succeeded if you just had a little more time i would hope yeah i'd like to think so yeah i mean we'll never find out but uh it, you would have started up your art space just in time for the pandemic to happen so maybe the pandemic would have been a little bit of an obstacle but it seems like this you would have pulled this off yeah but the the project that's in there right now um i mean they started during pandemic too so that would have been like yeah i mean pandemic did not really like would not have been beneficial but they made it work so i mean i don't know who knows it's just like it's kind of useless to talk and hypothetical so mm -hmm. i mean i'm not interested in that project at all anymore so i mean good for them yeah what do you have on the horizon in terms of goals ambitions next besides sort of you know i think it's really smart that you're doing interviews and i think the more you talk the more people are like mm, kind of just sounds like she was in her 20s and had big dreams and you know didn't quite, you know, um, operate from 
the place of fear and maybe, you know, look, I mean, most people in America are in debt in some way. You know, most of us are living off of credit cards and we owe financial institutions money. We owe colleges money. You know, most of us, you know, what's the difference between wanting to borrow money for your dream and racking up a, you know, $200,000 bill with a university that you're going to, that's going to be hanging over your head forever. Most people are in debt, you know? So you doing these interviews, I think is just really smart because I think it makes people go like, oh yeah, that's what you have to do in order to accomplish your goals. Forget like the personal stuff with the friends and all that rigmarole. Yeah. 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 I mean, I don't know. So, I mean, what was the question? The question is kind of like, what's next? Like what, you know, I, I just mean like in terms of course correcting or, or trying to put all this behind you, you know, I think the more you're talking, I think the better. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's like a sort of a therapy, like just doing all these interviews and kind of like people kind of sharing their views and point like their perception of what they thought I've done. That was kind of like kind of eye opening too. Um, you know, like I said a lot in all the interviews when I got out last year and like after not having had access to the media for such a long time, it was really hard to kind of like even understand where like I fit in the world after like coming out you know and um yeah I mean, do you want to stay in New York oh yeah definitely for now for sure <laughs> do you want to be in the art world still um I don't know I'm actually figuring it out it's like I feel like I've changed so much um I'm like I'm we'll try like several couple things and let's see mm-hmm. <laughs> like I'm, I'm doing my podcast I um Maybe um, thinking about like studying a law apprenticeship. Okay, law. Interesting. Just because I know so much about it, so it's kind of like... Um, I would hire you as my lawyer now. <laughs> like today. <laughs> you have my number. <laughs> like you... Ha- <laughs> you do have this ability to just, you know... I'm just learning a lot from you because I think we tend to try to control people's perceptions of us by talking too much. And you have managed to kind of control a perception by just saying as much as you need to say. And that's kind of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah because I've been like to want too many bond hearings and court hearings. Do you get advice to talk certain ways or talk less about certain things? Like, do you find that people are giving you advice about sort of like how to comport yourself? Or do you feel like you're just being radically authentic right now? Um... Oh, right now? No, I just, I don't know. It's kind of like a, like a result of like years of what I've been through. I don't know. Yeah. Do you think you'll ever go back to Russia? Like no. just to visit or I don't know. No, no. no Seems like a blast over there. <laughs> no, not anytime soon. Because I do, I talk a lot about my, on my podcast about, you know, ancestral trauma, you know, and I think that, you know, being a woman in Russia, how, how just from your experience of being there, I know you left when you were 15 or so, like, how do you, feel women are perceived in Russia. I'll give you my personal experience, which is that I had a Russian neighbor, uh, an older man who was like 60, who one day had uh, gardeners jump my fence, cut down 10 of my trees because they were obstructing his view. And I challenged him. He wouldn't look me in the eye. Uh, So disrespectful. I said, you jump my fence, cut down 10 of my trees. That was my property. And he was like, well, how do you know? It's your property. And I was like, because there's zoning people that it's, and he goes, well, how do you know the zoning was right? Because there's, a, there's rules here. You know, no compunction whatsoever. And I was like, well, this is a felony. And he goes, great, see you in court. 
Like it was impossible to reason with this guy. No shame, no compunction whatsoever, no guilt. And I talked to another friend of mine who, um, whose wife is Russian and said, you know, in certain parts of Russia, if you're an older man, younger women, like they just are not, they, they, there's no concept of having any respect for them whatsoever. Yeah. You know, and that's obviously, you know, just one person that told me that, but I'm just curious, like, you know, what it's like to be a woman in Russia and how they're perceived just general, generally. I don't know what it's like these days because I guess like a lot has changed, like even like anywhere in the world, but I don't know. To be honest, like I don't really have any like great opinions to share on that because I was pretty young. So I wasn't really like exposed to like any of the, like I didn't, I never had to like get a job or like do anything for myself. So it's like until a certain age, you're pretty kind of like protected, mm -hmm. um, just like going to school. Um, I mean, from my memory, like it's way more patriarchal, like like the guys, the head of the family and uh, the man. I mean, um, yeah, I guess it's like a little bit toned down in europe mm -hmm. but um yeah do you have any friends in russia i mean it's a wild time right now you know um i not uh, nobody really keep in touch with um it's like it's hard i don't have social media so i used to have like people reach out to me but now like unless you have my email or phone number it's kind of like impossible to get a hold of me um and why aren't you able to have social media i'm just curious oh uh, well the judge <laughs> the immigration judge said i could not <laughs> Why not? It's just for, I think, like, they're just trying to, like, set me up so I can, so I would violate and they could mm -hmm. put me back in jail because right. there's no logical reason to it otherwise. It's like, right. why should I be on house arrest for overstaying my visa? Right, right, right. And I'm just like, but I don't know. It's interesting. Like, social media-wise, you know, I started hearing about you and, you know, sort of the perception we project in order to kind of fake it till we make it or whatever. I mean, that's what social media is for. We're yeah. all curating this identity that's maybe like a 2% true, possibly, <laughs> you know? So I just think the point of social media is to manipulate people into thinking you have a life that you don't have, you know? Yeah. Uh, which is just kind of like fascinating that you wouldn't be able to be on it if that's kind of the fear. That's what we all do on social media. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. And my social media was never really like, I never used social media to commit any crime. So like, I don't even know. Mm -hmm. I mean, all my, and like, even if you look at the Instagram from the way back, it's just, it's like pictures of art, pretty much. Yeah. Like my Instagram was not even like that wild. It's like, if, if only if you look back through that lens and try to like kind of yep. piece together that story, then it's just like kind of like makes making it sound outrageous. But like, that's a very insightful point. Yeah, like if you look at it, like, an isolated kind of like perspective from isolated perspective it doesn't really like even look that wild even I looked at it myself and just like what is it right 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 <laughs> yeah but I think that you know it makes us feel better to put other people down and to judge people and to villainize people you know not to say that like you couldn't have done things differently or more like you know in a more transparent way or whatever but I think that like it makes us feel good to be like that person's a monster and that person's a this it's just like it makes us feel better yeah yeah definitely so it kind of like takes away um yeah first of all like you judge people in comparison like you know it's like even i myself am guilty of that it's just like you mm -hmm. know like i read i read nasty comments about myself on daily mail but then i go on somebody else's article and they say even worse yeah <laughs> that makes me feel better i'm like oh well this person's a con artist and this person's a liar <laughs> therefore i'm perfect you know it's just like what we do tearing someone else down just to get a little ephemeral hit of self-esteem yeah you know 
that's just human nature so it's like as long as you understand where those people are coming from mm -hmm. and also what kind of person would just take the time of the day to just to comment on everything that they hate mm -hmm. it just like seems like an insurmountable task <laughs> do you feel like you've gotten sort of you know people that have reached out in positive ways oh a lot of, i mean people who like make an effort to reach out to me like it's almost like it's always positive but um and it's just like kind of anonymous people online who are the haters yeah mm -hmm. <laughs> like no one like rings my doorbell and tells me they hate me <laughs> <laughs> there is some like graffiti outside your house but it doesn't look particularly negative <laughs> it just i guess it just says my name yeah yeah what do you think that is um oh i don't even know it just appeared over the weekend it just says your name with an exclamation point. Yeah. It's not like, fuck this whore. Or it's, <laughs> what I've seen written about you is way nicer than anything I've ever seen written about me. And I did do it the hard way. So I'm just like, you know, you're kind of the American dream. It's just you did it at a time where, you know, uh, the people that are mad at you were able to go public in a way that was not available when I was your age. <laughs> you know, if the people that I swindled into hiring me for jobs I didn't deserve, like had Twitter 10 years ago, I'd be in jail way longer. <laughs> and I wouldn't be able to be on house arrest because I didn't own a house or I didn't have an apartment. <laughs> you know? Um, so, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Do you look, by the way, at to anyone that inspires you? Like, who are your heroes? Like, who are your you know, inspirational people. You know, I've looked at some of your books. You love Steve Jobs. You know, it seems like you brought him up in some interviews. Um, your book collection is pretty fascinating. You do have a book called Conscious Business, which I love. And you do have the book Trick Mirror, which is pretty brilliant and poignant. Um, you know, Brett Easton Ellis, fascinating. Who do you look up to? Who do you look for for advice? Do you listen to podcasts? What have you been reading lately? Uh, well, I read a lot of books. Too. I mean, I was in jail for a long time, so um, I've read a lot. Um, I don't know. I um, like Otessa Moshvik a lot, like as an author, and like what she writes is fascinating. What's her name again? Otessa Moshvik. Okay. So, um, my my year of rest and relaxation. Okay. Um, that book came out like what in two thousand nineteen? Yeah, it's a great one. It was my first one. I kind of read everything else she wrote too. I mean, it's different. I wouldn't say like there's one single person I cop to. Just like kind of like different elements from. Um, I guess I bring up bring up Steve Jobs a lot because what he's done like it's just being perceived as so great now but had it went the other way those same qualities would have been used against him yeah a hundred percent he would have been thought of as like a delusional um you know uh idiot in a lot of ways like i'm gonna put everything in your hand and we're gonna be able to beam things to each other i mean it sounds nuts you know the same way you know people talk about elon musk like Neuralink, like that's impossible like, it sounds crazy now, but who knows? In 15 years, it might just be available to everyone for $10. Yeah. And, like, the way he treated people, like, it's like, there's just so many things. It's like when you just put in, like, the end result, it, like, ended up great what he's created. But, yeah, had it gone wrong, the, exactly the same thing would have been used against him. But also Steve Jobs now, I'm fascinated by how he's villainized. You know, people be like, oh, well, he was kind of an asshole. You know, there's a movie made about him that he was kind of brusque. He was kind of rude. It's like, okay, he wore the same thing every day. 
you're gonna get shit regardless you know yeah. it's like people are like well she wears something different every day it's like well he wore the same thing every day he's a psychopath you know and there was a whole movie made about how he just like had a rough bedside manner it's like he was changing the world who gives a shit yeah. people are like he had a weird diet he only ate orange like who gives a shit like you know what i mean like yeah. so either way i think people are going to find ways to villainize you. If you're super successful, if you want to be successful, it's just always going to be something. Yeah. And I think that we're in a unique situation in society where you get to hear everyone's feedback. You know, it used to be like, you know, as a, you know, comedian, a forward-facing comedian, you know, a lot of people wouldn't like you or not think you were funny. You just didn't hear about it. Yeah. Now I get to hear about it. You know, people used to just like talk about it on their own at dinner and there wasn't any proof of it. Now I can find all the people that don't like me. Yeah. <laughs> I think like people only think they want honesty, but nobody wants honesty. Like nobody wants anybody it to be like It is really honest. true, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and people really want, they don't care about what you're saying, they care more about how you say it. So if you say you have a big goal, they don't want you to say like, I have this big goal. Like, ugh. <laughs> you're supposed to pretend that you don't want it. You're supposed to <laughs> accidentally fumble upon it. <laughs> People only like actresses that are like, yeah, I just kind of stumbled into it. I wanted to go to, you know, I was, I really wanted to go to college, but then I got discovered in a supermarket and one thing <laughs> led to another. It's like, bitch, <laughs> why is that? Why do we want someone that's lucky over someone that worked their ass off? Because if someone worked their ass off, we're like, ugh, yeah. greedy, selfish, yeah. ambitious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's like that feigning reluctance, embracing something. Yeah, either you might as well just be a greedy bitch because people are going to call you that regardless. <laughs> what about your personal life? Are you, do you date? Do you, were you dating someone when this happened? No, I was not actually. Um, I was kind of really like all, it was just really so time consuming, whatever I had going on. And I don't know. Um, I think like I just want to like figure out what I want first because I think like people who don't know what they want are the most kind of like dangerous ones to be around of. You do not strike me as someone that doesn't know what they want. But in romantic <laughs> relationships, you're not sure? I just, uh, I don't know. I just don't put up with anybody's shit really. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, this is fascinating. Have you been on a date in the last like five years? No, I was well. I was in jail for a long time. <laughs> no, not recently. I like I've been so busy. <laughs> I would love to date a guy in jail. You always know where he is. <laughs> you have to worry about him cheating on you. I mean, maybe forcibly. I can, I can put you in touch. <laughs> <laughs> can I ask you about? Was there anything that you learned in jail about human nature? Um, a lot actually, just because like I've been trapped with so like many females for like extended periods of times. Um, and I learned how to like get along with everybody because you know, like in real world, if you don't like somebody, like you just don't, like you don't ever have to see them again most of the times. But in there, it's like you have to figure out a way to like coexist. Um, and me, as so somebody who like I kind of grew up as a single child, like until I was 13. Um, like, yeah, that was difficult for me. Mm -hmm. Just like being trapped with somebody or like with people. Wait, did you share a cell with someone? <sighs> um, no, you don't really share cells, but um, you like share the housing area. You like, strike you me as the kind of person that negotiated <laughs> for a single cell <laughs> and got it. <laughs> like I was in dorms and I found that to be the hardest part. 
So that's how many people to a room. It's like, it's just like a big space and you just have like loose beds. I mean, usually like, I don't know, they're like maybe like 50 beds, but you'll like never like more than 20 people or something. So it's like not everybody's occupied. But a lot, like I've noticed, everybody has like a different perception of like their personal hell. Like some people, they hate being trapped in a cell. I'd rather be locked in a cell. I don't mind being like locked in. I mean, you live in New York. That's I know. You, that's how you all live. <laughs> Pretty much. You're like a single cell in prisons bigger yeah. than an apartment in New York. Yeah, that comes close. Did you meet anyone that you kind of like vibed with? And did people know your story for the most part? Yeah, I mean, I, I met a lot of like very, very nice girls. Yeah. And it's like, it's funny to kind of think it's like how many, like people are just people. And mm-hmm. nobody has like, a few people has just like criminal written across their forehead. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of them are just like kind of normal. And you would never be able like to tell, um, oh yeah, well, that person belongs in jail or prison. It's more like this person did what they had to do to survive and did the best they could with the tools they had Yeah. in a really unfair system. Yeah, pretty much, a lot of that, yeah. And it's like how you kind of, once you make with a contact with a system once, it's like it's hard to kind of escape that because right. you kind of like... Once you have that on your record, yeah. it's impossible to overcome it anyway. Yeah. Whereas, you know, I feel like a lot of guys, at least in my business, you know, like Mel Gibson has 14 movies in production, you know, Robert Downey Jr., who I love, like, you know, in the 90s, didn't he wake up in bed with a girl, like he had broken us and now he's Iron Man, you know, it's like, you can kind of rehab your image if you're a man, as long as you like, say you're sorry in the notes app or something, you know, whereas (laughs) as a woman, it sort of follows you around forever. And maybe that's not a gendered thing. I'm kind of just curious about that um, when I find out a guy's been in jail I think it's hot <laughs> and when I find out a woman's been in jail I'm like oh <laughs> I, mean, I don't know a lot of it is like a race thing too because there's so many like disproportionate amount of like um Hispanic and black people incarcerated uh, yes. in America like just when you just see like a general population if you're a white girl you can usually just cry and get out of it <laughs> Yeah, it didn't work for me, but <laughs> uh, but yeah. Um, what else did I learn in jail? Yeah, it's was it like a it's a society on a miniature scale, and just kind of like to see how the power dynamics play themselves out, uh, and like who are the people who like want to be the spokesperson of the unit, and it's just like it's, it was very interesting. <laughs> how do you think this whole experience changed you? Um. Like in so many different ways. I just don't even feel like I'm the same person. And I felt like, like I used to think I was like so kind of like well-traveled and I knew people and I was like in Europe and I was like traveling all the time. But I wasn't really because just I was exposed to the same type of person the whole time. And uh, it took me like this experience to um, kind of realize like where I come from and uh, what else is out there and like what, what's actually important. <laughs> Do you, have you been offered to write a book? Yes, I was, yeah. Are you going to do it? Um, and I'm thinking about it. So, like, my criminal case is still on direct appeal, so I don't... So many people have these, like, bullshit advice, how to make it in business, how to, you know, do this and this in the workplace. You doing, like, how to... What to not do in your 20s when you're starting an <laughs> empire is, like... Because <laughs> I, I probably would have done the same exact thing. <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, you have to kind of exaggerate here. You have to kind of like, you know, socialize over here and get these, you know. So it's just sort of now in the day, 
in the age of radical transparency, kind of can't do this shit anymore. Take it from me. <laughs> you'd really save a lot of people a lot of jail time. Yes, it's like I'm, I'm still thinking on um, kind of like how I'm going to frame it. You know, like what's the point of it is. <laughs> it's just, it's hard. It's like I'm so glad I didn't write a book um, like in 2018 or 19. Oh, because that's when they first came to you? Yeah, like I could have like done it at like at any point pretty much. It's just like the older I get and like the more I'm kind of like I'm interacting with like the whole outside world and like this whole story, like my perspective changes all the time. So what advice would you give your like 21 year old self? Um, what advice would I give? <laughs> I feel like I'm such a wrong person to give anybody advice. <laughs> 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 You're very self-aware. It's very charming. I mean, oh, they, I've been forced to. <laughs> I've been forced to be. <laughs> so I always like to ask people um, on the po- on the podcast uh, about red flags in people, like things that you've learned are red flags in terms of like making friends, in terms of relationships. Like you know, I always like to pass on to the people listening what the guests sort of have learned in terms of how to protect yourself you know, and how to avoid heartbreak and, you know, stuff like that. It could be as simple as like, you know, when someone tells you who they are, believe them. If someone self-deprecates too much, if someone talks shit about their ex, you know, that's a red flag. Just little stuff like that. Yeah. Well, um, that's what actually I learned in, in jail. It's like when, if somebody like will do something to somebody else, they'll do it to you too. <laughs> I don't know if I've learned that lesson yet. I'm like, my love will change them. <laughs> I can change their childhood with my love. <laughs> so it's like, look at someone's actions instead of their words. Pretty much, yes. And it's like what they've done to other people, they, they will most likely do it to you too. See, see, I need to learn that lesson because I'll go, oh no, they did this to someone else. They learn their lesson and they'll never do it again. Yeah. That's because that's how I work. If I learn a lesson, I will course correct my behavior. I've been forced to have to. And I, I assume that other people have the same tools that I have all the time. I would say like people change. Um, I mean, I don't even know. It's like, <laughs> I mean, you can like say the same thing kind of like about me. Um, but it just like it goes different ways. Like I meant it in a way it's like, oh, if somebody is just like kind of talking shit about somebody else they'll probably they like, will talk absolutely about you. if they're go- if they're cheating with you they'll cheat on you if they're gossiping with you they'll gossip about you yeah like in that sense maybe like for some more fundamental stuff people are able to like learn from their mistakes definitely mm-hmm. otherwise like the whole kind of premise of i don't know the reform and criminal justice system would be kind of be void so um kind of like on a bigger level i believe in people's ability to change but like for smaller things like that i feel like it's just it's like if you change great but i'm not gonna count on it pretty much all right last question is about um, the netflix series did you have a choice in them optioning your life could you have said no uh so the way it's been uh been brought to me it's like well we bought the we optioned the article and we're gonna make it with or without you because it. it's not really my life it's the article that jessica pressler wrote so but you got paid right um pretty much yes yeah <laughs> i was yeah that's kind of nice so what are you you're are you saving the money are you gonna just save it for yourself or do you have plans for it ultimately well that money kind of like went towards restitution and my legal bills yeah got it <laughs> And uh, I guess I was a consultant, yeah. And like they asked me a couple of questions, but I didn't really have much control over the final product. 
Mm-hmm. Well, I'm excited for your podcast. <laughs> I <I'm> love <laughs> hearing your insights. You're really, um, I get why I, all these people wanted to go on vacation with you. I mean, I get it. I totally get it. Like, I totally, like, how much do you need? I will, I'm like, I'm on board. I'm in. Okay. Let's wait until I'm house, house rest. I'm just like into you. Well, thank you. Like, you're just, you're very self-aware. You're insightful. You're profound. You're humble. You're laughing at my mediocre jokes. Like, we're going to get along just fine. I'm excited for your podcast. I'm excited. It seems like you really just like want to do the right thing, you know? I guess. Well, I'm definitely like, I did learn a lot and hopefully like I'll make better choices moving forward. Yeah. I mean, you were a kid, you were 25. Right. I feel like people are just being very unforgiving and just like, yeah, it's like the whole thing that we spoke about, like kind of like witchifying women. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the you know, same thing happened to me, just sort of on a different scale, you know? It was like, I got television shows when I was 26. I worked my ass off, and people were still like, oh, she blew someone for that. It's like, even yeah. if you do do it the hard way, people are going to say you did it the easy way. Yeah. And if you try to do it the easy way, people are going to say, well, why didn't she do it the hard way? Yeah. You know, so it seems like you just kind of did what we all do in our 20s. And we're just <laughs> trying to accomplish our goals. Yeah. Yeah. I'm into you. <laughs> I'm into you too. You'll just keep <laughs> making eye contact until the other person breaks. It's very powerful, <laughs> very intense. <laughs> All right. I end these very awkwardly. Uh, you know, I know you're starting a podcast soon. I'm here to inspire you that you do not need to know what you're doing. You do not necessarily need to have a plan and you can just bullshit your way through it. And it can be awkward. I learned from the best. <laughs> I feel like I'm the only con artist in this interview right now. I have no idea what I'm doing, but I pretend I do, and it works sometimes, you know? Um, okay, I end these very awkwardly. Anna Delvey, what a treat. I, I really appreciate you taking the time. Okay, thank you so much. And trusting me. Thank you so much for having me on, Whitney. Thank you so much, and I look forward to hearing from your lawyers about everything I need to cut out of this. <laughs> this will end up being a four-and-a-half-minute interview, is my guess. <laughs> I love you guys. Don't write elephants. Anna Delvey, um, her podcast hopefully will be up and running sort of by the time this comes out. But regardless, uh, don't follow her on Instagram because it can't. But as soon as that shit's back up, I will be the first to be obsessively following you. I'm still on. It's the Anna Delvey, but I just cannot access it. Oh. Yeah. Well, I can show you it. I can. You can post from my account if you want. Turn to me using you. (laughs) I love you guys. Anna Delvey, thank you again. Thank you so much, Whitney. The it's always the right time deal. Hey, want to go to Mickey D's for lunch? Ooh, let's go now. <laughs> but it's not lunchtime yet. If we're going to McDonald's, it's always the right time. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that. There's a deal for every lunch hour at McDonald's. Now's the time to get two for three ninety nine. Mix and match a four piece McNuggets, a McDouble, a McChicken, or a hot and spicy McChicken. 
Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price.